Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. It's that time of your afternoon, your Monday afternoon. We are tuned to Madrasa on E, developing Islam in me. I'm your host Yasmina Peterson, along special guest in studio, none other than Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. Before I invite Sheikh Ibrahim and greet Sheikh Ibrahim, just a gentle reminder, and that is for the 11th of March, 2017, the workshop that's going to be taking place at the Sadiqi Masjid in Elsie's River. The time there is from three until five o'clock and as well we also have an excursion that's also going to be taking place in this month in the month of march which is on the 26th of march inshallah so if you have not joined the workshop then please do register online that is www.vocfm.co.za if you do not have that facilities then you can come to the voice of the cape radio station and you can register during office hours from monday to friday 7 until 4:30 inshallah but for further ado let me greet my special guest in Studio Sheikh Ibrahim. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you doing this morning? Alhamdulillah, Sheikh. How are you? Shall I say afternoon? Sorry. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. It's been quite a while. It's been a, a weekend, and I hope that you are well recovered from the weekend. And we're heading into our very first topic and segment, and that is with none other than knowing my Lord. So I'm going to hand over to Sheikh Ibrahim, inshallah, to continue where we stopped last. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله وحده والصلاه والسلام على من لا نبي بعد رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي اللهم علمنا بما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وارزقنا علما يا ذا الجلال والاكرام السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته على سنسات الحمد لله Um, allow me, uh, we normally start off with a dua and if you can just join our hands in, in making dua and asking of Allah for success inshallah in this program and for us in this knowledge, may Allah open the path for all of us inshallah. A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem, bismillahir rahmanir rahim, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, wal-aqibatu lil-muttaqeen, wal-jannatu lil-muwahideen, wal-a'udwana illa ala-zhalimeen, wal-salatu wal-salamu ala ashrafil anbiya'i wal-mursaleen, سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا فإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم اجعلنا من الذين يستمعون القول فيتبعون أحسنه اللهم أرنا الحق حقا وارزقنا اتباعه وأرنا الباطل باطلا وارزقنا اجتنابه ولا تجعله ملتبسا علينا فنضل يا رب العالمين ربنا زدنا علما وارزقنا فهما برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة توقنا أذاب النار وادخلنا الجنة مع الأبرار يا عزيز يا غفار يا رب العالمين إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وأصحابه وبارك وسلم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله أنت ياسمينة Um, last week we ended off in the first section of Knowing My Lord when we dealt with the, the Qissa of Nabi Ibrahim. 
And in that qissa we were dealing with certain things about Nabi Ibrahim. And remember we started off with this fact that Allah granted this Nabi to have a, not to have any children. And then uh, uh, through the years he's always been begging Allah and begging and pleading Allah Ta'ala. And his wife then saw what was happening and she offered him to get married to a young lady by the name of Sayyidatina Hajra. Sayyidatina Sara was his first wife, his second wife was Sayyidatina Hajra, they got married to her. And we said to you that he actually gave her her freedom. So she was a free woman when she got married to him. Her freedom that he gave to her is the gift that he gave to her as uh, as, as the, the mahar for, for marrying her. So he gave her her freedom, but that when he gave her that, he offered that as a means of the mahar to marry her. And she was in a, a halal, free woman when he married her. And then Allah granted them to be able to have a little baby by the name of Ismail. But now, we've indicated that this only happened to Nabi Ibrahim at the age of 84 years old. And then he became a dad at the beginning for the first time in his life. Um, the effects of what had happened is Allah decided that Nabi Ibrahim had to then take that family, his new baby with the mother, and take them off to a distant land and a distant place. Now, right? Nabi Ibrahim, you and me, have got wishes and desires, hopes, and we're calling to Allah and we're making dua, you and me. And then Allah grants it to us. Whatever comes from Allah is Allah's. It's not yours. It's not mine. But we've requested it from Allah. And Allah has chosen to give it to us for a very, very, very short time. That is Allah's decree. And so you and I don't need to show any reason for saying yes, but, and why, why not. This belongs to Allah. You've got no reason to why, neither I, neither Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. He didn't get, he didn't, he wasn't married to this wife for long. He didn't have his baby's exposure with him for long. It's for a very, very short time, just about a month or so. And then Allah's message comes to him, commands him, go off to this far off land and you take your wife there. And Nabi Ibrahim did so. No disobedience. He, in, because it's his Lord, it's his Lord gives, gives commands. And because everything that he enjoys in his total life is his Lord's gifts to him. And he realizes he's been so fortunate and he, he has so many things. You and I the same. And so when his Lord gives a command and say to him he must do X, he doesn't question. Neither should you or I. We should be ready to be able to say, if this is Allah's decree, inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un, Allah Ta'ala knows best why He has chosen for me to be able to meet up with X and Y and Z. It's Allah's decree. No, no you've, you've done nothing wrong. It's not because I have sinned or you've done... No, no, no. The, the taking of Allah from, from, from you and me, something that belongs to Allah, it's not because you were sinner. It's not because you did wrong. It is because it's Allah's decree. Allah wanted that and not because of, I must have done this or must have done this. or No, 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 for no reason. Just accept the fact Allah has given it to you when Allah chose it the best to give it to you. And Allah that took it back when Allah saw it was best for you and me that Allah should take it back. And if we accept that, subhanak la hawla wa then that is part of the strong form of worshipping Allah. 
according to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, if we can have satisfaction of when Allah's decree come upon us, then that is indicates a very pure and strong form of iman in submitting to Allah. May Allah grant all of us to develop to that extent. But it shows us again, Nabi Ibrahim was ready in recognizing Allah as the powerful Lord from the side of Rububiyyah. And he realized that when my Lord gives to me in his might and his power and his strength, remember, when you and I get a son or a daughter or a child or been given so many things that Allah grants us, then this is Allah's part of Allah. Is rububiyah, the powers that Allah has of giving to us. And so when Allah chooses to be able to take, now it comes to your time and mine to follow into uluhiyah, for Allah's sake, to show Allah that we appreciate and we find no reason to ask any uncomfortable questions. May Allah open the path for all of us, inshallah. Amen, inshallah. The voice there of Sheikh Ibrahim Arams in studio with your program, Madrasa on Air Developing Islam in Me. I'm your host, Yasmina Peterson. And if you have just joined us, assalamu alaikum to you. If you have just joined in, you are in time. No worries. You are in time. You are not too late for the program. We are in our first segment, that is Knowing My Lord. I'll hand you over to Sheikh to continue, inshallah. Bismillah, Sheikh. Afwan for that one, Auntie Yasmina. MashaAllah, alhamdulillah. Um, as we have heard just before the break, we were at the point where Nabi Ibrahim was commanded by Allah to be able to take his family off to the far land. And Nabi Ibrahim did so. He took his family off to the far, far land and we've indicated when Nabi Ibrahim did that, he took his poor family there. Allah decreed for Nabi Ibrahim to come to this, this land, which we know now know it's, it's Mecca. But it was barren and empty. There's never ever been human beings in the land prior. So Allah Ta'ala now sends Nabi Ibrahim there to be able to to take his family there and Nabi Ibrahim needs to then after having to be there for a few must be half a day or something like that Allah decided Nabi Ibrahim and gave him the message Ibrahim you need to leave now now this was not prior to Nabi Ibrahim did not know this prior that he was gonna leave he had to take his family there, but he never, he never dreamt that this is what he must, and this is what's going to happen to him. Um, Nabi Ibrahim is just executing when the, my, my Lord gives me a command, he instructs me, then I'm ready to execute. This is my Lord speaking to me, right? And, and, and this is a lesson we need to see happening in the sense that what is the sense of rububiyya put on a person such as a Nabi or Nabi Ibrahim wasalam, that they must be able to go through in executing and they were ready. May Allah grant us to be worthy of those members who say that we are the people who follow Nabi Ibrahim. May Allah make us worthy of that, right? Because it means when, Nabi, when Allah has given commands to Nabi Ibrahim, Nabi Ibrahim was at, at ready, ready to every extent to be able to carry out and do as Allah's command is. Now, what now happened, Nabi Ibrahim is in Mecca, he's, 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 he's dropped there, he had some food and water with him for the travel, and he's made settlement of his family there where they were, until Allah decided for him he must leave now. And Nabi Ibrahim left. He got onto his camel and he left. But he didn't say anything to his wife. He just got onto his camel and left because that's the command of Allah and he must do this. And as he left, 
We said, Ibrahim, uh, Sayyidatina Hajira was looking around and said, but where is Ibrahim now? Suddenly he's moved. Where? I don't see him around. And she saw, she looked at where the camel was. She says, the camel is not here. He's gone with the camel then. Let me see. And, and then she looked up, and as she looked up into the, this, uh, to the tops of the, to the hillside, and she saw Nabeza Ibrahim was about to depart over the hill. And she tried, tried to run after him. Now, as we said, the place is a desert. But not ordinary desert, it's a rocky desert, very, very sharp rocks, very, very hot rocks of the, uh, the severe heat in the place. She runs now between the rocks, so it's not fast running, she just tries to, to, to prevent herself from getting hurt amongst the rocks, which, which is can probably hurt her. And, 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 and it's, it's sharp rocks, and it's, it's, it's rocky as we said, and it's hot, the place is hot. So she couldn't run very fast, but she tried to get, and she shouted at Nabi Ibrahim, and she says, Ibrahim, Ibrahim, where are you going? Nabi Ibrahim did not respond, as if he did not hear. But that motivated her to be able to go further, to, to go further, and she tried again, tried to run amongst the rocks in the place, shouting at him, Ibrahim, Ibrahim, where are you going? Again, Nabi Ibrahim did not respond anything. But she knew Nabi Ibrahim was not somebody of that nature who would, would not respond. She knew him to be a very respectable husband, decent, and he would share everything with his partner. He would discuss with her things if it's necessary. But if he's doing something of this nature which is not known, it usually is because of he's been given a command from his Lord. And she then decided shouting at him, saying to him, Ibrahim, Ibrahim, did Allah Ta'ala command you this? And then for the first time, Nabi Ibrahim answered her. He didn't look back. He answered her, raising his voice. He says, yes, Allah Ta'ala commanded me to do this. And obviously, when he said that, you could but imagine, it must have been very, very sore. So hot, sad, knowing that he, that he got married not too long ago. And he has a baby of not very old. And, and, and he so much wanted to be with them, but Allah has decided this for him. He was ready to execute. He was ready to do this under severe pain, under severe uncomfort. He left. But he also knew he didn't leave them any place in this world. He felt pain for what was happening and the fact that he was leaving. But he carried on. As he carried on and went, disappeared from behind the hill. Sayyidatina Rajira raised the hands unto Allah. And she said unto Allah, if you decide this, my Lord, then I know you will not abandon us. I have total yaqeen and tawakkul and I depend fully upon you, my Lord. I know you are not going to put me in a place like this and I need to ask the question, yes, but, and, and, and why, and why not? No, 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 no. She was ready. The type of nurturing of Sayyidatina Sarah and Nabi Ibrahim, when she was a child and nurturing her to become a decent adult and to develop her and to make a responsible human being and a true adult and a real mother and a real wife, respectable and decent, 
total submission to Allah, she immediately indicated to Allah, Oh my Lord, if you've decided this for Ibrahim and for me, then the challenge is on me as well. And I know well you are not going to leave me here abandoned. No, under no circumstance. I trust in you. I have full yaqeen. I have full tawakkul in you. Subhanak. And she turned around slowly, moving down to where the child was, and went there. And she didn't cry in bitterness and in sadness. She didn't say, why am I left here? And shouting and screaming. No, she did not do that. She had a total trust in Allah. And she developed that trust even furthermore. And it made it closer with Allah. And she communicated to Allah and she said to oh, oh Allah, Oh Allah, Ibrahim is going. Whatever you've decided for him, let it be best for him, my Lord. And oh Allah, whatever you decided for him and for me and for us, let it be best for us, oh Allah. But oh Allah, protect him for where he's going to. And protect him on his journey. And grant him successes for where he's going to, Ya Rabbi. What a, a what a wonderful woman. What comes out of her mouth at that moment of departure of her husband? Not like many a woman today. It's not your business, it's your husband. Trust him. Make dua for him if he's not there. Oh Allah, protect him. Oh Allah, grant him khair and barakah. Oh Allah, if he's at the job, protect him from shaitan, protect him from this. Oh Allah, guide him to righteousness. This is what Nabi Ibrahim's wife said. She teaches us a lesson to say to us, if your husband goes away, Put your trust in Allah every day. Put your trust in Allah. Put your commitment to Allah. And if you are a wife that leaves home, please you make dua for your family when you leave your home. Don't be of those people who leave home and they get to where they're going to get to and there's no relationship with what they've left off. Your husband goes away and she cries to Allah, not for her own self. She said to her Lord, I trust, I have total tawakkul and yaqeen on you. My tears comes for that you protect my husband for whatever reason and grant him what's best for his future. Nabi Ibrahim, on the contrary, goes over the hill and as he goes over the hill, goes to the side of the mountain and then climbs onto the mountain with a camel until he gets on top of the mountain area and from the high distance on the mountain area he looks down onto his family and the area there and Nabi Ibrahim makes dua and he said and Allah Ta'ala quotes for us verbatim the words of Nabi Ibrahim word for word and Allah Ta'ala says Nabi Ibrahim says Rabbi in Rabbana inni askantu min durriyati biwadin ghayri di zar'in عند بيتك المحرم ربنا ليقيم الصلاة فجأ الأفئدة من الناس تهوي إليهم وارزقهم من الثمرات لعلهم يشكرون يا رب مال الجرانتس يبي اكتبت the beauty of Nabi Ibrahim's dua he says يا رب ربنا he speaks to Allah oh our Lord he wants to say, no, no, not, not my Lord, only, no, yeah, he's not saying, Ya Rabbi, he says, Rabbana, oh my Lord, 
in oh, oh Lord, and he refers to himself, his wife and his child. In me, verily, I have left my family. As I've placed my family as a place, a place where they gonna be staying there. They're gonna. It's a place where. But now remember, Nabi Ibrahim did not know prior, and now Allah inspires him in His words and gives him the understanding that he's gonna uh, make a, 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 a place where his family is gonna stay and remain in that place. But he's gonna leave them. He's not gonna be there with them. So he says, Rabbi and Rabbana. Inni askantu min durriyati biwadin. I'm leaving my family in a valley. Ghayri di zar'in. Nothing grows there. A, 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 a valley where there's no greenery. Nothing grows there, unfortunately. And, and nobody can actually... Uh, um, there's nothing to eat, nothing to drink. There's no fruit, there's no animals. There's nothing that grows there. That place, Ya Rabb, is at your, at your most sacred house. Rabbana liyuqim Oh my Lord, the reason for me leaving them there is so that salah may become an establishment in their lives. Ya Rabb. فَجَأَ الْأَفْئِدَةً مِّنَ النَّاسِ إِلَيْهِمْ Let there constantly be a group of people who have a natural inclination of wanting to return there and go there and interact there. لِيُقِيمَ الصَّلَاةِ فَجَأَ الْأَفْئِدَةً مِّنَ النَّاسِ إِلَيْهِمْ And that those people visit that place in the area there continuously and forever. وَرْزُكُهُمْ مِنَ الثَّمَرَاتِ And grant them the best of produce of the world. The world's best produce, it will come to them from everywhere. Whoever comes from everywhere, let them come and bring the best of produce to that part of the world. فَجَأَ الْأَفِيدَةً مِنَ النَّاسِ تَهْوِي إِلَيْهِمْ وَرْزُكُهُمْ مِنَ الثَّمَرَاتِ لَعَلَّهُمْ يَشْكُرُونَ Thus they become, become appreciative to your favors, O oh Allah Ta'ala. Ya Rabb, subhanak la hawda wa la quwata illa billah. May Allah grant all of us to be part of that dua of Nabi Ibrahim when Nabi Ibrahim said that there constantly be people who come to them to visit them from time to time. Ya Rabb, may you and I and all of us be part of those people. May Allah grant us to be of those who visit the place and who visit the sacred uh, precincts of Makkah and who visit the place of our city, our beloved Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa May Allah grant us to be of those people. Allahumma amin ya Rabb. So Nabi Ibrahim is making dua. But he's making dua ever since he departs from there. That the dua must be accepted for on a continuous basis until the end of the hour. Which means continuously must there be people coming to visit the place. And Allah must grant it to be accepted. And Allah must grant him that. But strange enough, Nabi Ibrahim is also referring to the fact that he himself coming to visit his family. And Allah Ta'ala grants him that. Now, my, 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 the reason for the Qisa that we are sharing here is wanting to us and to understand the, the, the side of, 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 the, 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 of when Allah commanded a person in the capacity of Nabi Ibrahim to be able to, who understands what is Rububiyyah, Allah commanded him to allow him to be able now to fulfill Uluhiyyah to Allah. Nabi Ibrahim did not ask any questions. He did not say but, he didn't say and. He was prepared to execute. He was prepared to do what Allah wants.
And he was prepared to, whatever his Lord wants, he was prepared to do that. And he knew it was going to be for his best and the best of the future generations. And every time he remembers the fact, uh, he realizes that every time anybody in the future is going to do anything of that, Nabi Ibrahim is going to be reminded and Allah is going to grant to his message and his dua that the offspring of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, this ummah, is already to submit to the call of Allah in the capacity of respect to Nabi Ibrahim alayhi salatu wa salam. May Allah grant all of us to be of those people, right? So we've seen in the uluhiyah with Nabi Ibrahim and his family, not only Nabi Ibrahim was ready to execute, not only ready to do, but Allah granted Nabi Ibrahim to be ready to do whatever Allah wanted to do. But so his wife Sahara, I mean his wife Hajra, as Allah's commanded, when she realized that this is Allah's command, she immediately executed the fact and she carried out and she depended and relied on Allah Ta'ala, knowing that this is her uluhiyah to Allah Ta'ala. Then it so happened that um, she enjoyed whatever there was of, of to eat and to drink furthermore, and she served herself and a little child and she breastfeed the child. But a few days later, there was no more food left. And when she realized it's no more food left, and as Nabi Ibrahim says, nothing grows in this valley. There's absolutely nothing of growth. Nothing grows here. So if nothing grows there, which means there's no life there, and there's nothing to eat and to drink, and she had some things to eat and to drink, and all that has come to an end now, now she craves and she turns to Allah and she pleads to Allah until the moment came where she could not anymore. She felt that my, my, my milk is drying up in my breast and uh, um, I don't have anything further to eat and to drink and there's no water around and there's nothing to drink and to eat and there's no nothing alive here. So, 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 and she turns to Allah and she pleads to Allah and she begs to Allah. So Allah shows the test. And the test carries on, and the day came. It was night before, and she slept, and she, she had, and, and she, she did the night before, she gave her last few drops to the child, so the day came. And, and now she has got no more, but nothing in her breast, but she's also, it's nothing to eat, it's nothing to drink. She's absolutely thirsty, very, very hot, hungry, herself and her baby. She, she starts to feel the pain of any mom, trying to see what she can do. And she moves around and look around and see what she can do. And when she realized she could not do much, unfortunately, she uh, cried, just cried to Allah. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. Uh, we are in our program, Madrasa, on E, Developing Islam in Me. That was our first segment, Knowing My Lord. Do know that you can send through your questions through to the number 072-238-0712. That is on our WhatsApp, 072-238-0712. Alternatively, you can send through an SMS to 47913. That is questions that you have pertaining to our previous topic being Knowing My Lord that she has mentioned, as well as going into our second segment and that is I am a Muslim what is expected of me so as you know Sheikh is going to be latching on as to where Sheikh stopped last just to give us a recap inshallah Sheikh Bismillah Shukran Jazakallah Khair for that moment Yasmina 
And when it comes to our, our second segment, I am a Muslim, so what is expected of me? We last were at the point where we were speaking about what happened in the first part of the Kalimat of Shahada, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, and we expounded on that side. Then we started off with the second part of the Kalimat Shahada, and we were at the point where we said, Wa ashhadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah. The meaning of that is, and I be testimony to the fact that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah Ta'ala. Now, uh, um, the first word that I want to do is the word is I testify and I testify. Now, remember we said to you there is a double testimony in this statement that we're making here. There's the first testament where you say Ashadu an la ilaha illallah, I testify to the fact that there is no other ilah except Allah. And then there is a second testimony. Now, many people are under the impression that the testimony, both of them are the same, the testimony for the same thing. As if we say we testify that Allah is our Lord and we testify that Muhammad is also somebody we worship. No, 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 no. That is not it. We testify to Allah in His Uluhiyyah, in the fact that we're going to worship Allah. That we take the responsibility in us, that we're going to be the slaves of our Lord. And when our Lord is going to command and He's going to advise, He's going to show us what to do and what not to do. We, gonna, we say, we testify that we are going to live for His sake and do everything in our life to be able to serve Him. And we're going to be His slaves. That's what we say in the first part of the testimony. The second part of the testimony, we are not saying that Muhammad is our, our Lord as well. We don't say that we worship Muhammad, no, under no circumstances. We claim that, that's why we say the first part of the testimony, the first testimony is all about the uluhiyah of Allah. The second part, the second testimony is all about the risala of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, right? So what is this issue of the risala of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? We're looking into that for today. As to, to, to what are we looking at? When we say we're looking at, we testify to the Risala of Muhammad, what is the Risala all about? The Risala is about saying, Wa ashadu anna Muhammadan Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now, in last week's lesson, we did speak to you about the, the issue of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam because we call him by name. And if I call somebody by name, then I need to know him. We've dealt with all those things there. The Risala issue about Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what is that all about? It's all about the fact that I said that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah, right? Now, in English for you and me, from, as, as for the word in the Arabic language, the word Risala means the, the fact that he, he is a messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And if somebody is a messenger, in the English language, somebody is a messenger. What is his job description? What does he do? Simple, isn't it? Should come for answering. He carries a message. So anybody who carries a message is a messenger. You remember that, that saying in English that says, don't shoot the messenger. Right? Bimana, meaning that if somebody comes to you as a messenger, he just carries a message. Don't kill him or harm him or hurt him because he brings an uncomfortable message. If he brings a message, listen to his message. Just accept his message and react to them to the person who was actually, or your reaction to the messenger will actually be your reaction to the person who sent the message. So yes, 
Muhammad is a messenger. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is carrying a message. That is what we say. Right? Or oh, 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 you people said it. Shukran jazakallah for the fact that you know that. When somebody has a message, he is called a messenger, you say to me, he carries a message. Now if somebody carries a message, there are certain questions that we need to ask here. First question is to who is this message? What would you say? What do you think to who is this message? Some people would be saying that message is to the Arabs. Somebody would say it's to all the Muslims. Somebody would say it's to X, Y and Z and to... Obviously if there's, if there's somebody carries a message, the message must belong to somebody. You, must, you can't carry it to nobody. Right? And so he, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is a messenger, so he carries a message. The message is to who? I would prefer asking the question in a more specific way by saying, who do you think most specific was this message sent to? Na wie specific was die boodschap nagestuur? Ons kan sê die boodschap was gestuur na mense, maar wie meest specific? Who most specific was this message sent to? We are in our second part of the segment, and that is, I am a Muslim, what is expected of me? And I'm going to be handing you over to Sheikh, inshallah, to continue so we can find out what the answer is to that question that Sheikh asked. Barakallah fikum jazakallah khair. We were busy on the section of, we were speaking about the Risala of our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and that's our testimony is all about, about that Risala, as we said. What we came to ask just before the break is, if somebody is a messenger, and then obviously that person carries a message and there's a few questions that we ask about that messenger the one about the message is uh, um, who is this message for is what we were asking and I went into more specifically asking who most specific was this message for and remember we are busy on the sector I am a Muslim so what is expected of me? And here we are unfolding or, un, or opening up or breaking down the understanding of this Kalima Shahada. And this is imperative for each and every one of us. Every one of us are using, you must use your mind. You must try to find an answer. Yes, it's my duty here to be able to give you that. But I cannot give it to you if I cannot get your mind to develop with me. You must think of an answer. You must try to find an answer. You might be right. Right? And if you are right, Alhamdulillah, Allah is going to grant you a double reward when you are right. Because you've used your mind excessively, and when you came to a right answer, Allah is going to give you a double reward. And if you use your mind in Islam, in doing research and requests and, 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 and want to find things, and you were not right, don't worry, Allah is going to grant you a reward for the fact that you actually activated your mind and to think. So don't think if I'm asking you a question, you're not going to be rewarded. I'm not there. Allah knows. Allah knows you've heard the question. And Allah knows Allah intended to give you the question so that Allah can have you to activate this mind that Allah has given you. So if you activate your mind and wanting to think, Allah is going to reward you. You and me. For all of us. But what I just said now is the sunnah tariqah of our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Whenever any Muslim in any state of his life activates his mind, he activates that, 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 that thing that Allah gives him the, the intellect, he activates it and he tries to find something and he's not 
passive in sy mind and kani worry ni don't care I, it, it, what comes comes and what goes goes I said attitude I, the attitude I must find an answer I need to I, I, I put my effort into it then all the effort that he makes use of Allah Ta'ala recognizes that and grants him great reward for that but there will be a single reward if he is not right just for the fact he has put his effort into it and if he's right Alhamdulillah Allah will grant him a double reward Ya Rab. this is the way Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam describes it to us and Subhanak La Hawla Wa La Quwata Illa Billah I've said to us the answers normally comes that they say some people say to the Muslims to the people um, to the human beings but my question is if Allah has sent it to the human beings or to the people, or to the Muslims, who most specifically did Allah send this message to? If it is the Arabs, who most specifically amongst the Arabs? Because Allah did not send this message to the Arabs. Yes, Allah did send it to human beings, but who most specifically amongst them? Let me answer the question. Shukran for putting in your mind to the best of your ability. It's not sent to your dad, not sent to your mom, not to your brothers, not to your sisters, not to your uncles, not to your cousins, not to your cousins, not to your nephews and not to your nieces, not to your, uh, your, your grandparents, nay, not to your offspring, your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. No, not sent to them. It's most specifically sent to me. Me refers to each and every one of you listening to me. Every one of you just heard me saying it. Each and every me, everyone that calls me myself me as a Muslim, this was specifically, most specifically sent to me. Ya Rab. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwata illa billah. Is it really that? Did Allah tell us in this great messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with his great message to me most specifically? Wallahi tallahi billah. That's why you are Muslim. That's why you are submitting yourself. That's why you want to carry out your duty. That's why you want to be a righteous slave of Allah. Isn't that so? Because it was specifically, most specifically said, not to your grandchildren, not to your parents, not to your teachers, not to the awliya, not to the salihin, but most specifically sent to me, each and every one of us. Subhanak. Allahu Akbar walillahi alhamd. Can you imagine how fortunate you are? How fortunate we are? How absolutely fortunate we are when Allah has selected us to be those people that Allah has sent this messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with this great message to me, to come to me, to speak to me, to instruct me, to show me, to direct me, to take me from where I am with all my ignorance that I have and guide me away from that ignorance onto Sirat al-Mustaqim so that Allah can take me Take me to be able to be of those people who Allah is going to grant them to be of the believers. And Allah is going to grant them to be of those people who is going to enter the Jannah of Allah. Ya Rabb, Allahu Akbar, walillahi alhamd. What a status, what a position, what a role. May Allah open the path for all of us. Shukran so much. We are in our second segment. I am a Muslim. What is expected of me? I'm going to be handing it over to Sheikh, inshallah, to continue on our topic. Sheikh, bismillah. Shukran, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Shukran, Fadatun, Antiyasmina. 
Uh, we were busy on the second segment and we were dealing with a segment where we were speaking about the Risala of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and we had to testify to that. Right? Now that is part of Allah Ta'ala commanding you and me that as Muslims we need to testify that Allah is ilah for all of us and we need to testify that Muhammad is the messenger for all of us. Now, when we expounded it, we, we said that it is most specifically this message was sent to you and to me, right? Um, yes, the reason why I said to you, look at yourself, don't look at anybody else. Realize, because when you can admit that this message was sent to me, you can then realize you, you need to take responsibility. Because, uh, if, if, the, you know, the attitude that many of us have, and I'm not saying anything negative here by the word attitude, it's that if you ask who was it sent to, you say to the Muslims. And if you ask them who was Muslims, they can show you right around them, everywhere around them, they show them the Muslims. No. You know who's the Muslims? You, you point to yourself. You say, this person here, I am the Muslims. I am Islam. I am the loving, the loving message the loving person of this of this deen, the people call the Muslims, I. Now, if you can look there, you can see the quality of the Muslims that is outside. But look no further than in yourself. Don't look to your mom. Don't look to your dad. Don't look to your teacher. Don't look to anybody else. Look at the quality of the Muslims by yourselves. And if you and I can do that, Subhanak, then Allah can help us to develop and to grow and to come nearer to Allah. And we can then take responsibility and we can want to fulfill and we can grow within Islam. So ask yourself, where are you in Islam? Don't ask it to anybody else. Don't ask it to anybody. Ask myself, where am I in Islam? What is the relationship between Islam and me? And be absolutely honest with yourself. That honesty is not easy. And yes, it costs, it costs you to grow and to develop and to know that you and I, we still are very, very low down on the ladder. The climbing of that ladder has got millions of steps. And that climbing is going to carry on for long still. We're only very, very much at the basic effect of having to identify, I am Muslim, alhamdulillah. And it cost me a tremendous lot to want to fulfill this deen is vast, has got many things, beautiful things, easy things. It, can all, it all fits to the heart and it all fills with success, with beauty, with wonder, with everything that's positive. It's meant to be easy, loaded, laden heavily with many things, yet very, very easy. In the words of Allah, it's made easy for all of us. Subhanak. We must not be of those who wants to look at it with difficulty. For shaitan would want to put it in our minds. No, this deen is, is, is difficult and uncomfortable. No, it's not. It's excessively easy. It's made so absolutely easy. Allah has made it easy for us. And Allah has made it easy so that you and I can live in Islam. And so Allah has made it easy for everybody who's not Muslim, who wants to become Muslim, who wants to submit to Allah, who wants to show his love to Allah and his messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who wants to submit to that ilah, the creator of everything, 
Allah who tells prepared to open up that and grant him success in this world and success in the year after. And the greatest success is the success of the year after especially. Because it's sad to know that you've lived in a world, in a dream world. You've lived in a world where you're following something and you come to realize later on that what you've been following was not the right thing. And you've lost everything, it's value at nothing. Or you've only made yourself a slave to shaitan. Ya Rabb, may Allah protect. That we do not do that. And that we as Muslims realize how fortunate we are. And that we go out there to show appreciation to Allah. And we recognize that we lack so much. And there's so much space for us to grow. And the growth, Allah is only going to make it easy for us when we prepare to open our hearts and our minds. And listen attentively to Allah's advice and guidance. And follow his tariqah of his beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah grant all of us to be of those who follow that path. Ya Rabb, and this is where we spoke about the, 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 the risala. And we said to you in this risala, there's a few questions. Question number one was, who is this message for? And we've now identified the, it's, it's, it's for the Muslim people, it's for, for human beings, but most specifically it's for me. Most specifically it's for, for me. Don't even say you, because if I say you, I'm referring to somebody other but myself. Start to say, it's, yes, it's for me, and for me, and mostly for me, and most important for me. And if I am going to be the Muslim, it means Islam is going to develop, right? So say me, don't say you. Don't say you because then you refer to anything else or anybody else and that's not going to be healthy. It's going to be healthy when you say, it's, this is for me. And yes, each and every one of us accept the word, it's for me. And I, inshallah, going to strive my very, very best to want to submit to my Lord, to my best ability. Allah's only going to grant me great rewards. Admission to the fact that I'm weak. And as much as I'm weak, my Lord is prepared to offer me if I am as a weak person want to carry out and want to submit to Allah but I realize my weaknesses and I beg of Allah to pardon me Allah says I'm gonna pardon you and I'm gonna make you of my people of Jannah Ya Rabb Mother grant all of us to be of those people Ya Rabbul Alameen that's the first question that there is now the second question that there is about the Risala is precisely what is that message that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came with? Because if I say somebody came with a message, I would like to know what is the message? What's in the, what is in the message? What is, what is it made up of? What is the message? Right? Example, when they send you a, the sheriff of the court comes to your door and knocks at your door and he gives you a, a, a letter and he says to you, sign here. You take the letter and you hang it somewhere, or you put it somewhere on your, on, 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 or what do you do? No, you don't do that. You look at the letter, you see whose name is there on, on there, or who's it addressed to, and the moment that person walks in, you make a hoo-ha and a big thing about, the, the shit of the court just came here now, and he brought you a letter, or something to you. Um, he was a messenger who brought you a message. And you bring it up to that person or you tell him where you've put it and, and that person opens it up immediately. If it was on your name, you would have opened it up yourself. Isn't that so? Subhanak la hawla. All the message came from, from, from um, uh, the traffic department. You're not going to put it to one side. You're going to open it up. And or anybody, or the police station, uh, or some 
organization which says a, a, a important or, or, or urgent message on the, on the you, you're going to open it up you want, want to see what is the message that this messenger brought to you right so the question is this message that Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam we just we dis, remember we just testified we test, we say wa ashhadu anna Muhammad rasulullah and Muhammad is a messenger of Allah so what is this message what is the message? I'm listening to your answers. Some of you saying um, Islam is the message, being obedient to Allah. Uh, the message is. There must probably these many answers. I I, don't, I can't hear all of you, but as we've said, I I I've said the question simply because I want to get. Nobody can say I don't want to think. You must. You hearing me? You listening to me? You must think of an answer. What is the message? You, remember, you can be right and you can be wrong. And nobody sees you that you're not wrong. And it's my duty to give you the right answer. But when you use your mind to stimulate it so you can find something, Allah will reward you for I've asked the question and you went to find the answer. If you're only waiting passively, what Hadi Sheikh say, or what he's going to teach is going to say to me, then you're not growing, you're not developing, you're not showing growth, you're not showing that you're activating your mind. Remember, Allah's made your mind and mine. Allah's given us this intellect, and Allah wants us to use the intellect. The intellect must be active at all times. So the question is, and Allah wants us to know, because there was a messenger, he has a message. So what is that message? And Alhamdulillah, shukran, jazakallah khair for that far. You've, you've, you've tried your best. Jazakumullah khair. That message simply is this Quran sent to us in theory and this Quran sent to us in practical. Allahu Akbar. The messenger carries a message. His message is the Quran that he came with. So Islam is in this Quran. The message that Allah sends us in this, in this Quran, it carries every detail, whatever you're going to be in need of in this dunya ever, and your uncles, and your aunts, and your peer, and your sheikh, and your mufti, and the awliya, and the salihin, and everybody that's human, and your great, great, great grandchildren, whatever they needs is going to be in this modern world, is all the answer lie there from Allah in this holy Quran, right? And that Quran was sent to us in theory, in theory, and in practical, the practical Qur'an is the life of our Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Shukran so much, the voice there of Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams in our program, Madrasa on Air, Developing Islam in Me. Before this, we were in our second segment, I am a Muslim, what is expected of me? The time is now 22 minutes past the hour of three. And we go on to our third segment, and that is, of course, leadership in Islam and its progression. Just a gentle reminder, once again, there is going to be a workshop done by Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams that's going to be on the 11th of March at the Siddiqui Mashi in Elsie's River. The time is going to be from 3 until 5 o'clock, inshallah. Also, if you do have access to internet, then you can go onto our website. That is www.vocfm.co.za to download the application form for you to register yourself in terms of attending the workshop as well as the excursion that's going to be taking place on the 26th of March, inshallah. But for now, we head straight into our third segment, Leadership in Islam and its Progression. And the lines are is going to be open for you to send through your questions via WhatsApp and SMS. But further ado, Sheikh, you can be smiller. 
شكرا جزاك الله خير يا ياسمينه I'm sorry for that one. No, it's okay. And, and uh, we're now in the segment called Leadership in Islam and its progression. Alhamdulillah. Um, in our last segment that we were dealing in la- uh, last week, we were dealing with the segment, uh, we, we spoke about the means to be able to develop our sons as leaders of the future. How our sons need to become the leaders of the future and that development needs to be in place, right? And, and, and we've actually shown certain qualities that Allah wants us to deal when we rear sons. How should sons be reared? Right? And, and we went to the hadith of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam where he says, if a male comes to knock at your door and uh, he has got certain qualities in him, and Nabi mentioned two qualities, then please see that you marry him off to your daughters. Right? And the Nabi says, if you do not do that, remember, you uh, will expect um, facade to be able to happen in this dunya and fitna to be able to happen in this dunya. But that is the message of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam when he said that to us. His message has a double connotation. A double connotation and the one, the direct translation to it is what he said. But it is also an indirect message that he gives to us. And what is that indirect message we said? We said that indirect message is indirectly saying to every mom and dad, when you rear children, please see, if you rear your sons, put these two qualities in them. And if you put those two qualities in them, then they have the right and worth, they have the right and the worthy of being a person to be married to another person's, to another person's daughter. Right? Rear your sons appropriately so that they can take the hand of you, somebody else's daughter. Right? SubhanAllah. That's what Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa indirectly says to us. Right? Want us to understand that the objective of the development of sons, of boys, they must become men. And they must become gentlemen. Right? They become gentlemen. So it's the responsibility. Now, how does a man become a gentleman? In the words of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa two qualities. Quality number one, his understanding of his responsibility of rububiyya and uluhiyya to Allah. If he understands that and, and submit to that, then that is the first quality that's in place. The second quality says the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his character, his mannerism and his behavior must have been developed, must have been worked at, must have been guided by you the mom and you the dad. And what we called you yesterday, we called you, you are professor mom at the university of called the university called home and you professor mom and professor dad must have developed must have nurtured must have taught must have educated must have guided your sons in the path to be able to become people who carry those two so that they can be gentlemen in life decent respectable and we said so that they can become real adults that they can carry the load of showing respect and decency to others and that they can in actual fact be there to show their compassion and love and care to others. And we say to you as the sons, they need to be people who go out there carrying the load of life. They need to carry the whole load of life. 
because they need to become the men of society. And if if he was taught by Professor Dad, then he can become Professor Dad himself. Right? And especially if he's been taught by Professor Dad and Professor Mum, he can have that both compassion and love and care and understand his role of being serious and firm and need to see that he carries the load. Listen to the advice of, of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa Allah telling the Holy Quran, sorry. Allah says, I think I shared this with you some time before, where Allah says, وَأْمُرْ أَهْلَكَ بِالصَّلَةِ Allah speaks to every male, to every son of yours, to every person, big, male, old man or young man, or a boy who's just more kalaf now, Allah speaks to every one of them, and Allah puts Allah's finger into his face, and Allah says, وَأْمُرْ أَهْلَكَ بِالصَّلَةِ See that you establish salah in your family. See that you nurture your family with salah. See that Islam is, is developed in you, that you guide and you direct and you illustrate and you show and you expose them to salah. Wastabir alayha and be, and persevere yourself with it and be patient with them when you struggle to get them to be able to develop with you. But don't ever ever stop. Don't say I've done enough. No, you have never ever done enough. Wastabir means to be able to be so and it, it carries on and on and on and on and on and it never ever ends. Your load is going to carry on and on and on and it's never ever ever come to come to an end. To an end. Yeah. And so letting us understand it's a, not an easy task, not a, not a difficult task either, but if you establish it in yourself from a very young age, and get your, your children to get into it at a very young age, it becomes very easy, very easy for them to join into the understanding of that. Ya Rab, may Allah make it easy for all of us. May Allah grant us to be of those people who realize our responsibility so that we can carry over by developing our children into the righteous path, Ya Rab. And so I think with that for now, we've covered a a portion of the understanding of what happens in the development of our sons. We are looking to further just broadening the understanding of what happens when Allah grants us a daughter. What is our role of having to be able to see how do we nurture them? What should happen to them? Now, the broad spectrum of when we rear a daughter, no less than a son, is so that she also may become an adult. And she's only adult, she's only adult when she has the full capacity given to her by Allah and His Rasul. Adult doesn't mean a big person. Adult means that you are big, but that you also act big. That you think like a big person and you react to the, 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 the capacity. So, so remember to us, it means please don't act your color, act your age. <laughs> You remember? There was Ekin Jemus who was colored state. Said if you don't act your color. Right? It was colored. Said if you don't act your color. And so, yes, we need to understand we cannot allow our children to act their color. They need to act their age. And they need to be, they need to be relative to the, what the age are, that they think like Muslims, like adults. 
and they should be grown and they should be responsible in these responsibilities to fulfill that to the best of their ability, inshallah. May Allah grant khair and barakah. Now, so similarly, we said our daughters also need to become adults first and foremost. Respectability when it comes to ladies is obvious. No woman should be forward and say to herself, uh, uh, I'm bombastic. Oh no, a woman can, and like a man, can also be very decent. A woman, she, if she wants to be bombastic, then there's nothing nobody can do then. She wants to be bombastic for barach. That shouldn't be the woman that Allah has created. Woman's nature is to be gentle, to be soft, to be ladylike, to be very much aware of themselves. To, the, the, the way of ladies is to be, she, she's absolutely aware of herself. And she considers herself to be a decent person. And she considers herself a person with insight, a person with understanding, a person with knowledge, a person with, with submission for Allah and His Rasul. And thus the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa says to us in the hadith that the purpose and reason why we rear daughters is first and foremost to make them the support structure of the person they get married to one day. They must be the backbone of the families and support to those families. Ya Rabb, la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. May Allah grant khair and barakah. And in a beautiful hadith, our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says to us, if Allah has given you three daughters, and you've nurtured them, and you've reared them, and you've given them good quality character, die mooiste geaard het in maniere, hulle is ladylike, they are feminine, they are aware of themselves, they, they are shy, hulle is, hulle is uh, 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 nie voorbarig nie, hulle is nie bombastic nie, wil gesien wees nie, en wil uit, nou, they, they, they very much to themselves, they're not ex- exposing themselves to, to, to the world, and, and, and loud and uncomfortable, no, 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 that's not ladies, a lady is somebody who's very decent, very considerate of herself, and she's, uh, um, uh, uh, so it's very natural Whatever she comes forth Comes forth in a natural format Bella grant our daughters to be able to be of that nature But that That caused a development Of a In this university called home This university must have A professor mom And a professor dad in there And so Mommy said Yuti is ni Omi kostamaki and not the cost to make, and not the strikeout to make, and not what's good to what's good. That is not, mommy's major job, mommy's major job, mommy's major job, Professor Mom's major job is to nurture the mind, nurture the insight, nurture the character of my children. And if I can do that, then yes, you've done your job as Professor, and Professor, yes, Tomorrow you're going to honor your, 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 your children and make them professors of their families, inshallah. Right? And, and you will be too, too happy to know I have done my best and my duty and my Lord is satisfied with me and I see the results of my children developed. Insight, wisdom, respect, decent, ladylike, submissive to Allah and striving their best if our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has given a command or shown the way that they follow that to the best of their ability. May Allah grant us all and our children to be Muslimin in the process insha'Allah and to be fulfilled our rights. 
So when the Sahaba radiallahu anhum heard this, the hadith is when Allah granted you three daughters and you gave them good, good character and you gave them good knowledge, making them understand their deen and you made them understand the world and the, the knowledge of the world. So you must give them of knowledge of deen and you must give them of knowledge of the dunya. And you've done that and you've given them good character and you marry them off with your wisdom and your sight and your understanding that we've given to, into you and we've in, in, ignited in your heart that you guide your children to marry good partners and you've done that, gone that far Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah Listen to this The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa says If you are professor mom and professor dad we've done that duties then you get your free ticket free ticket to Jannah Allahu Akbar a free ticket to Jannah. A free ticket. When the Sahaba heard this, when they heard that there's a free ticket to Jannah, simply because you've done taken the load and the uncomfort and the, and the which is unbearable many a times in this world to nurture your children and to raise them and to direct them and to guide them with insight to fulfill their path as a righteous uh, the future moms and dads in society. And then the Sahaba heard that the, the gift was a, a free ticket to Jannah. The one Sahabi said to the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, O Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, I only have two daughters. And the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Even if you have two daughters, Allahu Akbar, and you've done that, you will get a free ticket to Jannah. Allahu Akbar, walillahilhamd. Again, people, we're not here. I've got nothing to tell you from me that comes and how the Nabi says, or what I say, how you must rear your children. No, it's not from me. Remember, this is what Allah and His soul guides us on. What must be the method we nurture our children? And how do we make them leaders? How do we make them the real parents of tomorrow? How do they make them that load that they need to carry in support of one another? Allahu Akbar, walillahi alhamd. May Allah grant khair and barakah to all of us. And so, when another Sahabi heard that of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, Ya Rasulullah, if I only have one daughter, what then? Will I also get a free ticket? The Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said to him, Yes, if you have one daughter only, and you do your best as what we've guided you to now, that you nurture them properly, you guide them. The three qualities is quality number one, that you see that they make up of a being a decent lady or woman like they are aware of themselves cognizant of themselves and you've nurtured them into this that they are conscious of themselves as, as women and you've made them to be able subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah then you probably if it's one girl, one lady girl daughter only and secondly you've looked at her uh, understanding of the, her deen and understanding of her dunya and you then marry her off by guiding her to be able to get married to a decent man man and you also do does a research in the man's life to find out who he is before you just jump down, dump your daughter off we don't dump our daughters off to anybody we in actual fact look into the life and have a thorough look i i normally say you take a microscope and look deep into the person and then you push him right up into the deep skies but you take a telescope and you see him from a distance you take a good look with him from a distance and you bring him right down here under the microscope and you look deep into him and you see him. and that's but that responsibility has been given to every mom and every dad you need to do a thorough check into every young man and even young lady whether they have the qualities 
of worthy getting married to our families. Yes, Osman Oswek is a family, so we must develop them and we must do the development as guided to us by Allah and His Rasul. May Allah grant us to be of those who actually fulfill our, the, our responsibility of guiding our families, guiding our children, guiding our sons and guiding our daughters. The objective of rearing our sons is to make them leaders for the future. The objective of developing our daughters is so they can become the backbone of and structure and support to the structure of the family. The family that he is. In the words of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says to us in one hadith, when a man wants to marry a woman, now, hear the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa speaking to your sons, because your sons want to get married to a woman, that there is not so. He says, if you, a man wants to get married to a woman, then he can marry her for one of four reasons. The Nabi says, for her beauty, for her wealth, for her status, or for her religion. And then the Nabi says, if you get married to the first three, for the lady, you get married to her for one of the three reasons, for the one of the first three, then surely you will have your hands tied to your back. And that lady is going to use her status, she's going to use her wealth, she's going to use her beauty against you, and if that happens, then you need to say thank you that you've done that. But if you get, the fourth one is that you could marry her for her religion. And if you got married to her for her religion, for her deen, she might just possess the other qualities as well. So you can have her deen and her wealth. And you can have a deen and her status. And you can have a deen and her beauty. Right? You could have all four for that matter. But you've, you've gone to marry her simply for her religion. The Nabi says, your hands won't be tied to your back. You will have your free hands, which means you won't, she won't use her powers against you. She will be decent and responsible and respectable and guide and assist you in the process. May Allah grant khair and barakah to all of us that we come to understand. And I most probably just want to make the point here. Let us understand is the objective for the Nabi saying this to us who wants to allow our sons to get married to women. And Nabi is telling us how we should nurture our daughters so that anybody else's sons could marry our daughters. The voice there of Sheikh Ibrahim Abram speaking to us uh, more on leadership in Islam and its progression. We are in our last uh, segment of the program and that is our last topic that is being leadership in Islam and its progression. Do know that you can send to your questions if you have any questions that you maybe want Sheikh to clarify on to the numbers 072-238-0712. Also, send to the center and SMS to 47913. I'll hand you over to Sheikh to continue, inshallah. Sheikh Bismillah. Shukran for this one, this Yasmina. Um, we were just before the break speaking on a hadith of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this hadith was saying to us that for how can you marry, uh, uh, for what reason can any boy come and marry your daughters? But my daughters, everybody else's daughters. And the hadith made it very clear to us that um, if the if either person married your daughter uh, because of deen and this is the quality of deen in your daughter, subhanakla hawla then he would be he would be safe from any other things. But this is Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa speaking about your sons as well. He says your sons is gonna get married to them. And you need to guide your son to marry them for deen. But he's also saying to us 
that when you rear and nurture your daughter and my daughter, when we nurture, nurture them, we need, need to nurture within them the understanding of Deen. See that Deen is part of that. So part of the knowledge that you need to give them, they need to have a a vast understanding of their religion, not a narrow understanding that doesn't underrealize what they must do. Because if they're going to become mummies and daddies, they're going to do half a job or quarter job, a sticky funny job. I'm not saying I'm not saying anything bad, but it's important that you and I need to understand for them to do a decent job in near nurturing children. It's not like baking a cake. Yes, it's like baking a cake. Because if you leave any ingredient out of in the cake, gaat die koekie nie gekomie. Gaat die uit, uit, en die sjelle moet gebeur met die kind. That when your, your children is going to have a baby, it's excitement and happiness, hy het hulle baby. Maar it's die automatic wat hulle die baby gaat maak, ordentike kind, en hy kind dat opgroei, as a, they must have been developed themselves. Ons kan die halfte van die van ingredients uitgelost het, en vond ons wel een groot gemaakt het. Maar as ons die halfte van die ingredients uitgelost het, dan unfortunately, gaat hulle hulle job hier nie kan doen nie. Dan gaat die koekie so lekker proe nie. Dan maaf het die enekie. Ja Rob, I don't mean anything bad. We are here to want to recognize, where are we? What are we doing? And when we see the wrong, we try to rectify that. And admit to ourselves, Wallah ta'a osit fauta gamak, Wallah assist for uns, yaab for uns. In Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says to us in hadith, beautiful. And here the hadith in Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam speaks directly to Professor Mom and to Professor Dad. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says to us, if you've become a mother in life, and you've become a father, and Allah's given to you this load to carry, to nurture the children in this uncomfortable world that they're in, and to guide them, and to direct them, and to try, try to keep them on the sirat al-mustaqim, and to show them the way in your character and your mannerism, and to teach them and to expose them to understanding of life, and you do that, subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah, Ya Rabb, la hawla wa la kuwate. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when Allah has given you that responsibility, and you tried your best, and anything happens to your children, and you raise your hands, and Allah ta'ala would listen to Professor Mom and to Professor Dad. So far as Allah ta'ala goes, says the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allah will not forward a malak to record your request. Your serious du'a that you're making for your children, Allah will not forward a malak to send to record your request. Nay, Allah Ta'ala will be there to capture your request Himself. Allah will capture it Himself and Allah will promise you there and then that I'm going to answer your request. I'm going to respond to your request. I'm going to definitely respond to that. You as Professor Mom and Professor Dad must do two things. You must have the trust in me that I can answer your call and you must fulfill your responsibility of wanting to do what you must do. So you mustn't make dua only and call for the dua and gaat het gebeur, gaat val uit die samheid. Gaat die gebeur nie. Two things must happen. You must have the, you must make the dua sincerely and have the total yaqeen and tawakkul of Allah, believing Allah is going to help you to be able to fulfill your, our responsibilities. And we must be able to then do what Allah has given us as the part of our job description, that we must be Professor Mum and we must be our duty to do and be Professor Dad. May Allah grant us that, inshallah. So look at the beauty of that. Listen to another hadith if you don't mind. Um, all of allowing us to understand what happens in rearing a daughter. Not an easy task. Allahu Akbar. Not an easy task. 
And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says to us, if somebody's been given a daughter, and he's been challenged with that daughter, but he does his best to be able, and he puts his best in to be able to guide that daughter to put his best in dunya, and best fair for her akhirah, and to guide her other way, because unfortunately with no disrespect, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa says to us one hadith, that the load that this ummah has been granted greatly with is to be created as when it is for the males of this ummah the most uncomfortable load for them in this world is to deal up with the opposite sex Allahu Akbar, the females, our daughters meaning our daughters can be so enticing our daughters, my daughters, your daughters can be so enticing can be corrupt the, the, if they leave behind a negative trail, then unfortunately it can corrupt the other males that there is. And the Nabi says, it is, it is the most difficult, the most difficult, the most difficult task on all the males that there is of this Ummah. All, your, all the other sons and everybody else's sons out there, they get severely challenged because of our daughters. May Allah protect all of us. May Allah forgive us for our shortcoming and guide us to what is best for our dunya and best for our akhirah, inshaAllah. Amen. We are in the program Madrasa on A, Developing Islam in Me, in our segment Leadership in Islam and its Progression. We are in our final few segments and few minutes of the program and we are still in our last segment being Leadership in Islam and its Progression with none other than Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams in studio. I'm going to be handing over to Sheikh now to continue, inshaAllah. Sheikh Bismillah. Thank you for that. And, and, and most probably I've got, I've got a few ahadith that I need to share with the people. Some serious ones that I have in front of me. In this one hadith, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa says, when it comes to Yawm al-Qiyamah, Yawm al-Qiyamah, so the hadith speaks about, about Yawm al-Qiyamah, but the hadith wants us to, to think what's going to happen Yawm al-Qiyamah in relationship to what we've done on this dunya. Then if Allah Ta'ala is going to then call upon any lady, any woman, any female to be able to enter Jahannam, then she's going to have, she's going to put up a show. And she's going to, what don't say, she's going to put a, a, a pull a tantrum. And she's going to toy toy in front of Allah. She says to Allah, I'm sorry, I'm not going to enter Jahannam. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm terribly sorry. Not and until oh Allah, you call upon one of the four people. And she would look at herself that she was a daughter. She would look at herself that she was a sister. She would look at herself that she was a uh, wife and she was a mother. She would see herself in anyone. Oh, that is all woman. You're one of those positions. And she says, Oh Allah, unless and until you take, before you take me, you take the man in my life that was given the responsibility to assist me, to guide me, to direct me, to be there for me, to be my support so that I can go into live my life into the path of Jannah, so that I can be that woman, and my that person did not do his duty. If it is a father of mine that isn't done his duty, then I would cast call on you, please bring my father into Jahannam and let him enjoy it before you take me into Jahannam. Subhanak. Look at the extent that the Nabi speaks now about woman. This is our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Nabi of mercy, who speaks to our women, to the mothers, to the ladies, saying to them, this is your daughter. 
This is what your daughter is going to say. When your husband, the father of that daughter, did not do this duty, then your daughter is going to say, my, my, my Lord, please, I beg you, my entity to Jahannam is highly impossible. And unless and until for what I did and the way I lived and being disobedient, my father must take the responsibility, bring him along. And if he can't be brought along, um, I, I, I beg the daughter, I'm not going to enter Jahannam. She puts up a fight. And Allah would listen to her attentively because if she is fair, if it's proven that her, husband, her father did his duty but she did not fulfill her responsibility, then the next person that Allah is going to turn to, Allah is going to turn to her, to her, she's going to turn to her brother. Because if her father has, she's going to turn to her brother and say, my, my brother didn't do his duty. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. And if it's been proven that the brother did his duty, she's going to go to her husband. She's going to blame her husband for the fact that the husband encouraged or discouraged or corrupted her or destroyed her or exposed her to facade and negativities. And she went in there and then unfortunately Allah is going to listen to her request and the husband is going to be called upon and he's going to be entered into the fire of Jahannam before she goes into the fire of Jahannam. Na'udhu billah, ya Remember these are the words of Al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Nabi says, if it's been proven that her husband has done his duty, then for that matter, she's going to blame her son. And if she has been the mother figure who had a son who was careless, who didn't do his duty, who wasn't nurtured appropriately, who didn't have enough, who didn't, couldn't do what he must do, then she would not enter the fire of Jahannam unless he comes and enter the fire of Jahannam. And unfortunately for that, he will have to take the load. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. This doesn't say a major thing about the negativities of men only. But this tells us how important is it that we need to realize that when we nurture them as young daughters, as kiddies and beautiful girls, then we need to guide them along prop appropriately. For if they, if we've done our duty, then Allah will grant them to be able to be free of their uncomforts. They will not enter Jahannam, and Allah is going to grant them to be able to enter Jannah. Ya Rabb. We've reached to the end of our program at Yasmina. Allow me to be able to ask our people to make dua, for, to make dua, inshallah, collectively. Before we make the dua, we just want to remind them of our excursion that's taking place. I mean, I'm sorry, of our, our, our workshop that's taking place on the 11th of uh, March month. But on the 26th, our excursion is taking place. And yes, I would want to say to our community out there, all of you listening might become and participate in this excursion. It's going to be a wonderful excursion. I'm absolutely sure you're going to enjoy yourselves. And you can become much more richer out of the information, in the interaction that there is going to be with the people. Shukran Jazakallah Can we make that our dua all together? We reset Surah Al-Asr. A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Wal-Asr. Inna al-Insana lafi husr. Illa al-Ladhina amanu wa amilu al-Salihat. Wa tawasaw bil-Haqqi. Wa tawasaw bil-Sabr. 
wa sallallahu ala sayyidina wa maulana muhammadin wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barik wa sallim subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilaik walhamdulillahi rabbil alamin shukran wa salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and on that note i'm also going to be saying my goodbyes shukran so much to everyone that participated in the program as well as people who sent through their comments we highly do appreciate that until next time tomorrow inshallah same time same place from myself yasmina peterson along with sirina talib as well as valdi fandalili we are with you assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and have a great day further and